I was praying. I was praying. I was praying for the service. And I was like, Lord, I pray that you release a cry in this place. And now in my spirit, I didn't understand. Like I was like, he put them in my heart to really pray, God, release a cry in this place. And you know why? Because I, I was like, Lord, why cry? Why cry? He says, because your deliverance is in your cry. I said, God, man, you, that sounds good, but give me the scripture. David says, I cried unto the Lord and he what? Delivered me. And somebody may have came in here still bound, good God from Zion. You went to church last night, but you still bound, good God from Zion. You went and party last night, but guess what? You still bound. And God says, you, I brought you here to break some chains off of your life. And God is waiting on you to really cry out unto him. God is really waiting on you to worship him with no limitations. You're in a place where nobody knows you. Good God from Zion. I don't know who I'm talking to. You're in a place where nobody might not even understand what's going on in your life. But you know how personal your praise is with God. And my prayer is, Lord, don't let us come into this service and not get what we need from you. Father, my prayer is that as we come into this service, Father, help us. To not miss this movement. Father, help us to not miss this moment. Help us to not mismanage what you're doing in this season. But Father, my prayers as we come into this new year that you continue to spark a revival on the inside of us. Father, a revival not just in, in our churches, but Father, a revival in our lives. God, revive us, our spirits once again. In this moment, Father, I pray now that as we get ready to go into your word, Father, that you move like never before. Father, my prayer is that you speak like never before. Father, our hearts are open, our ears are attuned to what you have to say. For you said in your word, he that has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And Father, our hearts are open, our ears are in tune with you. So Father, speak from heaven. Speak from heaven to our hearts. Father, let your words come directly from our mouth to our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We everybody said amen. amen. Somebody give God praise right there. I got a question. Is, is there anybody excited for the word of God? Uh, look, I'm going to ask you all again. Are you all excited about the word of God? The Bible says that he sent his word and it healed them. When I look at the land, I, I think the land needs a little healing. Good God from Zion. And guess what? I believe that God has a word for us on this day. That if you will open your hearts, good God from Zion. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. I, I, if you open your hearts, your ears, I promise you, you'll receive something that's going to bless your socks off. So there's a word. There's a word. Let's get into it. Second Samuel. Second Samuel. Second Samuel chapter 6. Chapter 6. Second Samuel chapter 6. We're going to read just a few, a few verses, but I think y'all can bear with me. If you're willing and you're able, and you're not too mean, you're not too rude, you're not too, you don't feel uncomfortable. If you don't mind standing on your feet as we read God's word. Second Samuel, chapter 6. Second Samuel, Old Testament, chapter 6. We're going to read a few verses. Verses starting at verse 1. And if you get there, you'll find these words. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel. 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. Verse 3, and they set the ark, pay attention, and they set the ark upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah. And Uzziah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the cart, the new cart. Verse 4, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was in Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. Pay attention. And Ahio went what before the ark? Verse 5, and David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all men of instruments made of firewood 
even on harps and on psalmstries and timbrels and cornets and cymbals. Verse 6, pay attention. And when they came to Nacon's thresh, threshing floor, Uzziah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of him. For the oxen shook him. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah. And God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. Verse 8, and David was displeased. He was displeased. Because the Lord had made a breach upon Azai. And he called the name of that place Perez Azai to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day. And said, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed, pay attention, because the glory was there. The Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all of his household. Verse 12, and it was told to King David, saying, you know, you were supposed to bring the ark back. The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertains unto him because of the ark of God. So David, he went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. Y'all following me? 14, and David danced. Somebody shout dance. Oh, I like this. Somebody shout dance before the Lord. With all of his might. And David was girded with a linen effort. Verse 15, we'll conclude our reading. And David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of, of the Lord with what shouting yeah. and with the sound of the trumpet. The word of God for the people of God, just for a few moments, if you pray with me with your prayers and, and in your participation, I want to preach and teach from the thought and prophetically declare over us that you will see glory. Look to somebody and say, neighbor, this year you will see glory. Oh, that neighbor didn't know, didn't miss that shouting cue. Look to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, this year you will see glory. Hallelujah. As we have come into this new year and new moment in our history, I must place us in reminder of what God has previously revealed and spoken to us in um, past conversations around the future and where he is taking um, the church. On December the 18th, and, I, and if, you, if you missed this message, I, I, I ask you to go check out our podcast. On December, December the 18th, um, 2022, the Lord had me announce to our church that this is to be continued. That this is to be continued. That just as how TV series whose plots are incomplete and need a new season, God's not through writing the story in our lives. And in order to continue his work, he has to bring us into a new season. And the Lord has brought me back here in, the, in my study to echo the same message to us once again. That when we crossed over into this new year, we did not just cross over into a new year, but we crossed over into a new season. That you didn't just cross over to another calendar day. No, you crossed over to a brand new chapter in your life. And in our last conversation, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to stay there long. In our last conversation, we talked about the importance of finding resolution. Watch this. In your now so that you can embrace your next. You, got to find, you have to find resolution in what's going on now so that you won't mishandle what God is trying to do next. We have to find resolution with our past so that we can embrace what God wants to do next. And just in case you haven't found resolution with your past and what has happened in with you, to you in 2022, can you let me help you this, this evening? Can you let me help you this evening? Let me help you find resolution. 2022, can I be honest? Yeah. 2022 was filled with many severe storms and struggles for many of us. Oh, yeah. oh let me say it again. And somebody, it's going to hit somebody's stomach. In 2022, 
It was filled with many severe storms and struggles for many of us. As the old song says, he says, you've been through the storm and the rain. Y'all know this song. I wish I could sing it, but I can't sing it. You've been through the storm and the rain, but the good news is that you what? Made it. Let me say that again. You've been through the storm and the rain, but the good news is that you what? Uh, let me let me say it again. You've been through the storm and the rain. You've been through some hard days. Days you thought you didn't know how you were going to get out, but you what? 2022. It was filled with some storms and some struggles. And I, on one night I was praying about 2022 and I heard God say one night, he says, be thankful for the storms. He says, because I use them. He says, I use the storms in your life to bring you to where you are right now. When he told me this, I was like, God, that sounds good. That's, that's, that, that's, they'll preach. I like, Lord, they'll preach. But nobody really likes storms. God, God you must forgot that storms are scary sometimes. You must forgot that storms are frustrating sometimes. You must forgot that storms cause disastrous things to happen in our lives. God, how did you use the storm? And I heard God say, he says, the storms that I sent were strategic. I like, make it make sense, God. Make it make sense. God, make it make sense. He says, Kylan, I want you to pay attention. Kylan, watch this. He says, whenever severe weather, good God from Zion, whenever severe weather comes, you you seek shelter to get out of harm's way. Watch this. Well, good God from Zion. I got another revelation. He wasn't even in my, ha. Let me, look, good God from Zion. This was a good God from Zion. That's what I like about the Holy Ghost. He, sometimes he give you things that you didn't even have planned to say. When the storm came, you saw shelter in his word. God said, I had to send the storm so that you can seek me out. So, the storm. Let me get back to what I was supposed to say. Can I, let me get back to what I was supposed to say. The storm, when st- severe weather comes, you seek out shelter to get out of harm's way, Right? But this is what the Lord told me. This is what blew my mind. He said, I had to use those storms because he says, pay attention. When you get out, when the storm passes and you come out of your house, you often find huge trees that have been planted, grown and deeply rooted in the ground, uprooted, blown over and tossed to the ground. And the Lord says, that's what I had to do in 2022. I had to use those storms in your life to uproot some things that needed to go. Good God from Zion. He said, I had to use those storms in your life to uproot some things that that were never meant to be there in the first place. I had to use those storms in your life to uproot some people that you had gotten too attached to. He said, I had to use those storms. In your life, good God from Zion, good God from Zion, to break you free from some patterns that that were going to lead you down to self-destruction. God said, I had to frustrate you in 2022. Because if I had not frustrated you, you would have embraced the future that I had planned for you. Somebody here know if God would have not frustrated me on that job, I would have never went back to school and got that training and be where I am today. Somebody said, God, if you didn't frustrate me in that relationship, I wouldn't be free now I am now. Lord, if you didn't frustrate me, I, I wouldn't have learned how to, to sow tithes and offering. And the Lord said, if I didn't frustrate you in your last season, you would have embraced and fully walked into this season. The Lord says, I, if I didn't frustrate you, then you wouldn't be where you are right now. So I need to tell somebody to be thankful for the storms in 2022. Because those very storms just push you into a new season. Let me say that again and you can let that resonate with you. Those storms that you went through last year, they just push you into a new season. And I just have one word for everyone under under the sound of my voice. Since you have survived the storms. Since you survived the storms that you thought would never pass, God brought you here for me to announce to you, welcome to your new season. Let me say it again. Since you survived the storms 
God told me to tell you, welcome to your new season. Welcome to your new season. This season you're about to walk in is called favored. Let me say that. This season you're walking in is called healed. This season you're getting ready to walk in is called blessed. This season you're walking in is called glory. This season that you're getting ready to walk into is called revival. Ha, this season you're getting ready to walk into it is called acceleration. Good God from Zion. That it's about to happen for you quicker than it did some other people. And I just dare somebody to prophetically put a name on your season this, this night. Last season I was broke, but this season I'm rich. Good God from Zion. Last season I was down, but this season I'm going up. Last season I, I was confused, but this season I got vision. Last season I was sick, but this season I'm healed. God told, brought you here because he says you're in a new season. I'm moving on. Every year. When we cross over into a new calendar year, many pastors and prophets, they seek God for a word or a theme that carries revelation for his plan concerning that year. And I believe that this is important because the Bible teaches that where there is no vision, no people what? Oh, y'all, y'all better read y'all Bible. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people what? So this word vision. It carries the ideal, watch this, of prophetic revelation. It is important that in this hour, in this season that we're gearing to come to, that our churches, as the Bible says, does not despise prophesying. Because where there is no prophetic revelation, the people perish. Where there is not a word from God concerning where he's taking you, the people what? Perish. So where there's no prophetic revelation from God, the people lack direction. So in prayer... Concerning 2023, I begin to hear the Spirit of the Lord say, In the past recent years, we have seen much transitioning in the body of Christ, specifically in the changing of the guards. Many giants have shifted, and new voices and vessels have come on the scene in leadership and ministry. God says, I have anointed, appointed, and positioned my glory warriors in authority. This year, the Lord says, there will be a few more transitions, but not as many and frequent as in the previous years. Hear me out. The Lord says, however, in this year, you will see these changes come together for kingdom purposes and exploits. Hear me out. The Lord says the previous years have been filled with announcements, but this year will be characterized by activity. The previous years have been filled with many announcements of this, this transition that happened and this, this change happening. But God says this year it will be characterized by activity. Hear me out. Pastor, you can receive this for your church. This is not just for mine. This year will be known as the year of the act of church. This year will be the year. Known as the year of the active church. Somebody shout active. active. The word active, it literally means, God blew my mind, it literally means producing a movement. This year, it's not just about building what we call church, but it's about facilitating a movement in God. Now, hear me out. I know we call kingdom movement. Good God from Zion. Somebody said, you, but you talking about that, y'all. You just said it because, no, no. Not only is this for kingdom movement community church, but I'm, the Lord says I'm producing a movement in my entire body this year. The Lord says every church that is in tune with my spirit will continue to create momentum and movement in revival grace that I am releasing. The Lord says, no longer will you see dormant and dead services, but I am breathing a fresh wind to make them active. The Lord says, powerful and prophetic evangelism will take over the streets. God says, kingdom programs and kingdom events will bless and equip my people. This year, the Lord says, I'm partnering. Hallelujah. This blessed me. This year, the Lord says, I'm partnering the future with the emerging. I'm pardoning those who, whose time has not yet come with those I have recently positioned. You can receive this. You got you to hear me in the spirit. My people, the Lord says, will re rediscover a fire and glory that they feel like they had lost in the past. The Lord says, my people, 
will rediscover a fire and glory that they feel like they had lost in the past. Let me take a pinpoint right there because some of y'all feel as if you're not in the same place as you used to be. God, I remember when I used to pray and I used to feel the fire of God. God, I remember when we used to go to church and we used to have church. And it seemed as if we lost that fire. But God says this year, because I have positioned the right people in the right place, my people will rediscover a flyer and a glory that they feel like they lost in the past. I heard the Lord says in my time, he says, I'm rallying up the radicals. God says, I'm rallying up the radicals. These radical believers will bring revival. The Lord says, these radical believers... They're not ashamed to praise and worship me and live for me on extreme levels are going to bring revival. The Lord says this revival, good God from Zion, hallelujah. God says this revival that's going to happen this year is not going to only look like packed houses, but it's going to look like changed lives. God says this revival that I'm bringing, good God from Zion. In this year, it's not going to look like packed houses. Some of us, let me, let me pinpoint, God, thank you. Some of us, so many times we get into church and we're trying to get the house full. We're trying to get the house full. But God says, it's not even about getting the house full. It's about getting your life changed. Real revival is not when the music sounds good. Real revival is not when the singles sound good. Real revival has taken place when you start living good. And God says, this year, you're going to learn. You're going to learn. You're going to see. God says, you, you thought I was just positioning people, just positioning them. No, the Lord says, I put them there on purpose because I've given them a vision to bring changed lives, not just to pack the houses. And it's going to look like people being set free, healed mentally, emotionally, financially, and spiritually. And as David, I'm about to deal with our text. Somebody said, Kyle, I didn't even come here, come here there, but let me, I got to prophesy. As David and his radical army did in this text, the radicals will produce a glory movement. Let me say that again. God, in this year, God has positioned people to produce a glory movement. Not just a kingdom movement, hallelujah, but a glory movement. And because these radicals will take their place, you will see glory this year. God says, if you would just become radical for me, good God from Zion, hallelujah. God says, if you will come radical for me, ah, you will see glory this year. Like never before in your finances, God says, you will see glory. God says, in your relationships, you will see glory. God says, in your marriage, in your home, you will see glory. Glory to see your family saved, good God from Zion. Glory to see your family delivered and healed. Hallelujah. God says, if you will get radical for me, you will see glory. And God is bringing a revival in this hour. The radicals will produce a glory movement. They are the ones who have made a priority to be glory chasers before anything else. God says, I'm looking for people that's going to be glory chasers before anything else. God, I don't even want all of the money. God, I don't want the attention. God, I just want your glory. God, I know they want to promote me on my job, but God, I just want your glory. And if you will be a glory chaser, good God from Zion, you will see glory this year. Go ahead and give God praise right there if you want to see glory. In our text, be my openness for me. Thank you, man of God. In our text, David was, has just entered a new season like us. In chapter 5, he was just officially anointed king over the children of Israel. Our text was 2 Samuel chapter 6. Y'all following me? Y'all following me? So in chapter 5, he was just officially anointed king of Israel. And he led the people to victory in his first battle. And now as king, David's first operation and goal is not to seize territories from other countries, but to get the ark of God to his headquarters. Watch this. We know the ark of God is this structure that God instructed Moses to build that contained manna, Aaron's staff, and, and the tablets of the Ten Commandments on them, right? The ark, hear me out, somebody said, yeah. The ark symbolically and literally represents the presence and power of God. 
God was literally in the ark. So watch this. Wherever the ark was, God's presence, his glory, and his favor was there. It was proven that wherever the ark, God's glory rested, that place prospered in every aspect concerning it. David, knowing that he needed God's glory in order to be a good king, he made it his business to secure the ark before anything else. And from this moment, for, this moment forward, moving forward, from this moment, I, I, I need you to hear it. Lift your hands and receive this. From this moment, moving forward, I must announce to you that God has anointed you and given you the power and influence to bring his glory into new spheres and areas. God says, I want to use you to introduce my glory to people in your life. God says, I want to use you to bring, I want to use you to bring my glory to your family so that they may be changed forever. God says, I want to use you to bring glory to your family so that you can break generational curses. God says, I want to, I want to use you to bring um, you to bring my glory to new areas of media to reclaim the attention of a lost generation. The Lord says he wants to use you, bless you, man of God, to bring his glory to your church and your community. So that they may break free from the religion and walk in another supernatural experience. God says, I have anointed you to be a glory carrier in this season. And some of y'all may be wondering, God, why did you bring me to this place? He says, I brought you here because I want you to introduce them to my glory. Let me say that again. Somebody going to catch it in a second because you've been wondering, God, like, why do I have to go this way? God says, I brought you to this job. God says, I brought you to this church. God says, I brought you, I brought you to this store to have this conversation so that you can introduce somebody to my glory. God has anointed you to be a glory carrier in this earth. And so, watch this. In order to be a glory carrier, you got to go after the ark. got to go after the glory. What is the glory? What is the glory? The glory is the awesomeness of God. It is the goodness of God. It is the presence and power of God. We, know, we can know the glory, watch this, when God shows up and shows out. When God shows up and shows out, that's how you know glory is there. And this year, I need you to go after God's glory. Go after, hear me out. After an experience where God shows up and he shows out every time and in every way possible. I don't care if it's big or small. Go after the glory. Right now in this moment, close your eyes and activate your faith and envision yourself doing everything that you do with the power of God. If it's preaching, what does preaching under the glory of God looks like? Pastor, go after that. If it's teaching, deacon, what does teaching under the glory of God looks like? Go after that. If it's running a business, God says, what does managing under the glory of God looks like? Go after that. If it's being a student, what does God releasing you, you using you to release his glory to your campus looks like? God says, go after that. I know that you want to secure the bag this year. I know you want to get the y'all know you want to get a promotion on your job, but this year I need you to go after the glory first. Amen. The Lord says, He says, but seek ye what first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If you he says, if you seek my kingdom, if you seek my glory, what all of these other things will be what? Added unto you. God says, go after my glory this year. If you go after my glory, everything that you ever wish for and you hope for will hit your life. Everything that you hope for and wish for will hit your life. So, in our text, in our text, follow me. In our text, David was going after God's glory. David, he was going after the ark of God, but he made some mistakes along the way. And I was wondering, I was like, Lord, like, why did you bring me here? Because I'm like, I see we're going after the glory, but David messed up. God says, I want you, I brought you here because I want you to warn my people so they won't make those same mistakes. So I'm about to give you some, some three things that, three ways that David messed up that caused him to forfeit his glory. Can I give it to you? One, this year, I need you to avoid, number one, switching up. I need you to avoid switching up. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. Don't, switch don't switch up. Look to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. 
whatever you do, don't switch up. David, he did well. He did a good, he did a good job going after God's glory. Watch this. But yet he did not follow the proper protocol and procedures that God had outlined for the movement of the ark. Follow me. In Exodus 25, 13 through 14, God gave specific instructions that explained how the expected way in which the ark of the covenant was to be transported. And it was to be transported by carrying it. No one could touch the ark because it was God's literal presence. Y'all following me? So the Levites, they were chosen by God to take some golden rods, stick them in the sides of the ark, and carry it that way. And God was clear, and what he said was what to be expected always to be done. However, in our text, David didn't have them to put the sticks in the side. The Bible says that David had them to put the ark on a new cart and drive it with the oxen on it. Watch this. Although it looked cool, although it was a good idea, although it seemed to be a good, get the same, it got the job done, God. It did the same thing. It wasn't God's intention. In this season, I need you to understand the difference between a good thing and a God thing. I have noticed that it is a trend in this world to have this same issue. We try to substitute God's protocol while, by, while bypassing his standards. You try to substitute what God told you to do by bypassing his standards. We try to substitute God's way, watch this, with other spiritual practices that seem to do the same thing. Let me bring it home. For example, some of, some of the saints have stopped praying to God for certain things and started manifesting them. Some of the saints, they stopped anointing their houses with oil and started burning sage. Some of the preachers, they stopped preaching the word of God that brings conviction and transformation and they started preaching motivational speeches that just scratched the people's ears. The saints, they stopped looking to God to speak to them concerning their lives. And they started looking to horoscopes and zodiac signs for direction. Ah, I, it's tight, but it's right. In this season, we are trying to bring a glory movement on new courts. Somebody said, that isn't me, Pastor. You, t- you talk about all that. You, that's not me, God. Pastor, you, you, that's not that. But some of us trying to get financially stable by bypassing tithes and offering. I promise y'all, don't hit me, don't hit me, don't hit me. I, 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 I sometimes, I sometimes we, I preach a good shouting message, but today God got to give it to us, the truth. Some of us trying to get a godly relationship, godly marriage. But we bypass God's standards of abstinence and try to still take potential, take our potential partners on a test drive. We're substituting God's way for another way. And God's glory only comes when we do things this way. Let me say that again. God's glory only comes when we do his what? Things his way. So in the season, I need you to stop trying to use new carts. I need you to do the things that God has told you to do. Too many times we want the benefits of God's power, the things that God can do for us, but we have not engaged with him in the way he has told us. But we can't expect to experience the blessings and benefits of God without walking in the ways of God. In this year, you got to make it your intentions. If just as David, he messed up, he switched up. But this year, you got to make it your intention that you're not going to switch up. Am I making sense to y'all? And is this helping y'all a little bit? Okay, somehow y'all, I might be boring y'all. Let me move on. The second thing, the second mistake that David, it wasn't even David, it was Uzzah. Uzzah, he made a mistake and he slacked up. David switched up. Uzzah slacked up. 
This year, I need you to avoid slacking up. Due to the route, follow me, we're at verse 6 and 7, if you still got your Bible open. Due to the route that David and his army was taken, they came across the land with uneven levels, and the oxen carrying the ark lost their balance. And the Bible says that the ark shook. And when it did, the Bible says that Uzzah, he reached out with his hands to directly steady it again. And God was angered. Because he instructed that, watch this, no flesh could touch the ark. Put your spiritual ears. No flesh could touch the glory. No flesh could touch the ark. I'm going to let somebody, let me say it again. No flesh could touch the glory. And it was at this moment when his flesh touched the glory that Uzziah died before the ark. And here's a quick lesson that we need to learn for this, from this experience for this year. We will mishandle God's glory movement and the glory momentum that God is bringing to our lives in our lack of discipline. In other words, our lack of discipline is going to cost us everything in where we are going in God. Let me say that again. Your lack of discipline is going to cost you everything If you don't bring your flesh into submission to the glory of God. I'm a gospel gospel preacher. I got to say it. Sin not only comes with pleasure, but it comes with a cost. The Bible says for the wages of sin is, but the gift of God is what? So watch this. Unrepentant and unaddressed sins hinder the flows of God's glory. Because sometimes we like, to, we like to take sin and we like to put it in the closet and we don't like to confess it and, and confess it to our brother that we may pray and be healed. No, sometimes we don't even want to repent from our sin. But that unrepentant sin, that sin that you keep going back to is going to cost you God's glory in this season. Because I have learned that flesh and glory cannot mix. They just like oil and water. They, can't, they just can't go no matter how hard you try. They can't work. They can't work. So even when things get uncertain this year, when when we begin to feel a sense of uneasiness about where we stand with God, we must make sure that we discipline ourselves to continue to live in a way that honors God. Because truth be told, sometimes we get overly anxious. Sometimes, can I be honest, we get stressed out, we get mentally fatigued, we get worked up about things, and we become less disciplined. God, I'm too tired to pray right now. God, I don't even see, I don't even see it working out. So what's what's the point of me even saying something? And t- oftentimes when things get uneasy, we slack up. But this year, I don't need you to slack up. I need you to stay disciplined. Can I make it? Let me make, make it make sense. The Lord says, Kyla, you know everybody likes a strong drink. The Lord says everyone loves a strong drink that has a good punch to it. I'm talking about a Sprite from McDonald's. I don't know what drink y'all talking about. I go to McDonald's. Give me a large Sprite, light ice. Every time you drink, you got some. You got to take a a step back. Because everybody likes a drink with a strong punch to it. But nobody likes a drink that has gotten watered down. I'm about to make it make sense. Even though that drink is still the same drink, it's still going to taste the same a little bit, it won't have the same effect on us. And this is what happened when our sin and our flesh and glory try to collide. The glory is the drink, good God from Zion, and our flesh is the water, good God from Zion. Now, although you try to make them work, good God from Zion, it just won't have the same effect. You could come to church, but if it's in the flesh, it just won't have the same effect. You can read your Bible, but if you're still in the flesh, it won't have the same effect. I want a, I want a strong drink. I want the strong glory of God. Therefore, I cannot water down my obedience to God. This year, I cannot water down my discipline into what God has told me. 
Because if I water down my discipline, if I water down my habits, I'm going to lose the effect of God's glory. I'm still going to be able to preach, TK. I'm still going to be able to sing. I'm still going to be able to play the keys. But it won't have the same effect. Why? Because flesh is there. So that's what happened when you don't bring your flesh to subject to the presence and power of God. So this year, I don't need you to switch up. I don't need you to slack up. And the final thing I don't need you to do, to do is give up. Let me say it again. I don't want you to switch up. I don't want you to slack up. And I don't need you to give up. I'm almost done here. Am I helping y'all? In response to what happened to Uzziah, David got frustrated. When, they, when Uzziah touched the ark and he died, David got mad. He was frustrated, and he felt as if he was unable to carry the weight of God's glory any further. So he parked the cart at Obed-Edom's house in Gittite. Watch this. And sooner or later, the word got around that something supernatural was happening at Obed-Edom's house. That since the glory of God was resting there, everything connected to Obed-Edom started to prosper and win. And all David could do was watch and hear about it from the sidelines. And in this last season, many of you have been on the sideline. You've watched and you heard about everyone else getting blessed. You watched and you heard about everyone else getting promoted. You watched and you heard about everyone else passing the test. Good God from Zion. You watched and you heard about everyone else getting elevated. You watched and you heard about things happening for everybody else but you. And it seemed as if the blessings were bypassing your life. But God brought you here for me to announce to you that he's getting ready to put you back in the game. God says, this year, I'm putting you back in the game. Good God from Zion. You won't just hear about it. You're going to experience my glory. You won't just hear about people getting saved. God says, no, I will save your family. God says, you won't just hear about it, but you will experience it. This year, God is giving you a chance to experience his glory again. However, you cannot be like David and give up because of mishaps and unfortunate turnouts in your journey. He gave up because of a mishap and an unfortunate turnout in his journey. This year, hear me out. Y'all listening? This year, in order to see the glory, we are going to have to be fully committed and invested in the work that God has given us with no regrets. Hear me out. That sometimes you're going to do things and it's not going to have the same results. But God says, I don't, you want, I don't want you to regret my instructions in you carrying my glory. But God says, I want you to be fully committed to it. I want you to be fully invested in it. Even if it's not, even if it's not coming together, you need to do it as you need to act in a, as a sign of faith that everything is all right. God says, I need you to be fully committed and invested in the work with no regrets. Whatever you do this year, do it with all of your might. Whatever you do this year, do it with everything you have. Do it with your best foot forward. If something doesn't succeed, let it build your character and not destroy your confidence. Let me say it again so they can resonate with somebody. If something doesn't succeed for you, I want you to remember that Pastor Callan, he told me on the first day of the year, if, if it didn't work out, God was just trying to build my character, not destroy my confidence. If something didn't succeed in your past, let it build your character, not destroy your confidence and hope for the future. So whatever you do this year, I need you to not give up, but keep going for the glory. Don't give up, but keep going for the glory. Did they help y'all? I'm getting ready to go. I'm getting ready to go. It's a custom. Thank you, Lord. It's a custom that at the beginning of of a new year, that many people create a list of new year resolutions. Y'all probably did that, right? This year, I'm going to go to the gym a little more. This year, I'm going to eat right. This year, I'm going to work on this. 
This year, I'm, I'm going to create a budget at the beginning of the month. I'm going to stay to it. Every year, we come up with a list of New Year resolutions. We outline goals and things that we want to work on within the next year. But can I, can I admit to something to y'all? Can I confess something? This evening, um, this year, I didn't take time to come up with resolutions. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to bother them. But this year, I made the decision to find a revelation. I know some people, they, they try to get new resolutions, but good God from Zion, I got a revelation. I knew that in order to see God's glory, I didn't need just a resolution on what I need to do, but I need a revelation from God. Because God has to reveal his glory to us. Let me say that again. You can't just grab God's glory. No, he has to reveal his glory to you. And so in prayer, you got to let God reveal his glory to you. And can I share something with y'all, some of my revelations that I found out this year? This year, when things just don't go the way that I wanted to go, I found a revelation that all things work together for the good of them. That love the Lord. When things... Uh, when things start going wayward in my life and I find myself drinking tears for water, I found a revelation. Yeah. And my revelation is that weeping may endure for a night. But joy ain't going to come in the morning. I know sometimes I, I get bills and, and my late notices begin to pile up, but I found a revelation. And the revelation is the Lord says, I will supply all of your needs. According to my riches and glory. Can I share with y'all my revelations? I was in prayer one day. And I was like, Lord, all of the people you sit in my life. They turned and they walked away. And I was like, Lord, who's going to go with me? And I began to sing a song that I heard them sing in church. It said, the song says, I'll go if I have to go. All by myself. I told the Lord, God, I'll sing if I have to sing. If I have to sing by myself. I told the Lord, I'll preach if I have to preach. If I have to preach by myself. I told the Lord, good God from Zion, I'm going to shout even if I have to shout. All by myself. But then I had a revelation. The Lord says, I don't know why you're singing that song. Because he said, I will be with you. Even to the end of the world. So even when it looks like I'm going by myself, I can call my friend named Jesus. And every time I call him, I know he'll make everything all right. So I was, I was in prayer. I was in prayer. I was in prayer. And I got a revelation. I got a revelation. I was like, Lord, I'm getting frustrated. Because it seems as if everybody is overlooking me. It seems as if nothing is happening for me. Then I had a revelation. My revelation was, the Lord says, the one day the last will be first. And he said, the first will be last. My revelation was, he says, I will make you the head and not the tail. I will make you the lender and not the borrower. Good God from Zion. And you wonder why people are always coming to you. Because God says, I got a revelation I need you to get. Good God from Zion. God says, I brought you through that storm so that I can give you a revelation. Not a revelation of what you can do. Not a revelation of what your family can do. Not a revelation of what your job can do. Not a revelation of what your sister can do. But I brought you in this moment so I can give you a revelation about what I can do. God says I can do it. God says I can handle it. God says I will take care of it if you would just give it to me. God says I got it if you just give it to me. I was frustrated. I was frustrated when I was going through my storm. Ha, huh, thank you. Thank you, TK. I was frustrated when I was going through my storm. And it seemed as if everything I tried to do didn't work. Then I got in prayer. I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I tried this. God, I, I tried that. And it just didn't seem to work. Then I got a revelation. 
The Lord says, he says, you don't need to fight this battle because this battle doesn't belong to you. This battle belongs to me. And my revelation, the Lord says, he says, stand still and see my salvation. Some of y'all are wondering how you're going to get out of it. God says, just stand still and see my salvation. I got a revelation. I got a revelation. I got a revelation. And this revelation that I got, it saved me, but it needs to save somebody else. I got a revelation that my sin cost me. I got a revelation that my sin separated me from God. I got a revelation that I was missing the move of God in my sin. But I got a revelation, hallelujah, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I got a revelation for somebody. The revelation is that God sent his son down through 42 generations. He walked God's green earth. Good God from Zion. He went around healing the sick. He went around calling the dead out of their graves. He went around giving sight to the blind. He went around working miracles, signs, and wonders. He went around with power in his hand. And one day, good God from Zion, one day I had the revelation that God put a cross on Jesus' shoulders and he carried the cross to the town and he got to go up the hill and they hung him on that cross from the sixth to the ninth hour. And I had a revelation that day. They, they told me that Jesus died for the sins of the world. I had a revelation, good God from Zion. I have a revelation that he died for my sins I had a revelation that he died for your sins I had a revelation that he died but God kept working God kept working Jesus died but God kept working it looked like it was over Nick but God kept working some of y'all it feel like it looks like it's over but God told me I'm still working because they tell me they put Jesus in a borrowed tomb. And he stayed right there for three long days. And early on Sunday morning, I said, early on Sunday morning, I said, early on Sunday morning, the stone rolled away and Jesus stepped out. He stepped out of the grave and he said, all power in heaven. And an earth is given to me. And what I love about God, said Paul says, he says, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is living on the inside of you. That that same power that got Jesus out of the grave, that allow him to see glory. It's the same power that's working in your life. Yeah. And God is saying today, I wonder if you would just submit to me. Yeah. God says, I wonder if you would just worship me for real. Hallelujah. God says, I wonder, hallelujah, if you would just cry out to me. Yeah. If you do that, God says, I will show you my glory. Yeah. 